Hello, and welcome to Monster Island Radio, a show where we discuss one of our favourite movie franchises, Godzilla. Each episode, we pick a movie from the series and talk about the highlights, lowlights, and everything in between, and why Godzilla is one of our favourite monsters. I'm Ben, and I'm joined by... Graham, hello. Hello. How you doing? Uh, I'm good, thank you. Uh, I'm very excited to talk about this movie. Same. I mean, this is one of... I know this is one of our favourites when we were at uni, so this is the... I was looking forward to revisiting this one. Exactly. I haven't actually watched it um, for like a decade, um, mm. so it was really fun to go back to, and I feel like we were sort of working our way towards it through the other Millennium Era movies. This is really what we wanted to get to. Yeah. So. Um, I tried to summarise this plot, but I ended up just writing out pretty much the whole movie. And I think it might be beneficial for anyone listening, because quite a lot happens, and I don't feel I'd really be doing it justice if we start talking about points in the movie without having explained it all at the start, really. Even though I quite quite enjoy it, they they skim over quite a bit, I feel. How do you Um, mean? Just in the story, things happen sometimes quite rapidly, so I wouldn't be surprised if I oh, missed yeah. a few things. So you might actually um, be able to remind me or inform me of stuff I wasn't even aware of going on. To be honest, writing this summary, I've omitted a fair bit still. <laughs> <laughs> it's still quite long. Um, right, I'll just get I'll just get on with it actually. So um, we start by being introduced to our two main human protagonists. I feel like there's only really two, and the first one's um, Admiral Tachibana of the Japanese Self-Defense Force. Um, and he's discussing a rec- recent monster attack in New York City, which I felt this was like a bit... Well, maybe it's a bit obvious, but it's a bit of a sly dig at the 1998 Emmerich it's, Godzilla. It's not even a sly dig, really, is it? The thing it's is, right? It's just a dig. Yeah, because so. they're saying like, oh yeah, we don't believe it's actually the real Godzilla that attacked New York. And I'm Fair like, enough. I don't know, that was a bit cocky considering the last movie that came out, Megaguirus. I was like, come on. I'd know which movie I'd rather watch again if mm. I was given a choice between Megaguirus and the 98 Godzilla. I feel like it, it's something that it probably was funnier back in, what, 2004 when this came out. 2001, um, wasn't it? 2001. Yeah. 2001. So, ba- yeah, back in 2001, it probably would have been funnier. But um, hearing it now, it, it, it just kind of feels a bit kind of kind of not bitter, but it's like a cute little joke that doesn't really work. I feel like it's intended for a Japanese audience only, that one. Or just, like, people who just don't like that movie, I guess. Yeah. Um, anyway, the, then soon after that, um, one of their submarines spots the dorsal plates of a large creature in the water uh, <gasps> when they're investigating a missing US submarine. Who is it? Spoilers. It's Godzilla. What? Yeah. Um, and then titles roll, and then we're introduced to... Yuri Tachibana, who's the Admiral's daughter. Wow. Uh, she, yeah, she works as a presenter for a TV production company called Digital Q, who specialise in sensationalist programming about monsters. When she's out filming with the crew, an earthquake occurs, presumably by the beast that rises in the village later that evening and is mistaken for Godzilla after killing a gang of bikers. And it turns out to be Baragon. Uh, everyone's favourite cute but ugly kaiju. <laughs> It's a favourite fugly creature. Yeah, basically. It's it's sort of adorable. Got very cute eyes, I think. Um, So Yuri and co. discover that Baragon is one of three guardian beasts and is the god of the earth, alongside Mothra, who's the goddess of the sea, and King Ghidorah, who's the god of the sky. Uh, They've been in slumber for thousands of years after humans destroyed them, Um, and the people who killed them ended up treating them like deities after they'd died, waiting for their return to protect them. Which is just enough, really. so, I mean, just silly. <laughs> Let's kill them. Like, oh, oops, they were gods. Anyway, uh, so in order to fight off the new threat that's appeared, Godzilla, who's come back to life because of um, the restless souls from the Pacific War, they have yeah. to be re- reawakened. 
It's um, because of stuff, really, isn't it? He's really come back just because of stuff. Well, yeah, I mean, he's the um, god of destruction, according to the tagline in this movie. Okay. So, like, I think they have, like, an ancient rivalry, and the reason he's back so soon is because of because of the spirits of um, the those who died in the Pacific War. So, like, the other beasts, they're, they're still sleeping, and but they have because they need time to regain strength but i mean godzilla's already there so this is where that what's his name the old man isayama he he's the one that has to try and uh wake them up basically um yeah uh so yuri manages to convince her father that they are the legendary beasts so that they can just focus their efforts on taking it only taking down godzilla baragon was the first to awaken only to have godzilla completely obliterate him in a pretty one-sided battle in Hakone. I certainly more interesting than our time in Hakone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, we spent I what, the, a whole uh, day. I recognise the coach bus park, though. Oh, did you? <laughs> I didn't spot that, actually. I just remember thinking about it. Um, yeah, we spent like what, a whole day travelling there to go partway up a mountain, to be up there for 10 minutes, not even get to see the shrine there, and then come back down again. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I'd take I'd take a kaiju battle any day over that. What a waste of a day. Um, anyway, after Baragon's defeat, uh, Mothra and Ghidorah finally decide to wake up uh, and stop Godzilla. After a struggle, Ghidorah's taken down, leaving only Mothra to fight. She tries her best, but soon gets taken down by Godzilla. As she uh, perishes, her spirit flows into Ghidorah, making him rise again as the thousand-year dragon, King Ghidorah. Um, so he's back in the ring, ready to take down Godzilla again. But as it turns out, the only thing he's good for was creating the biggest explosion in cinematic history as he dies. Because Godzilla <laughs> destroys him again. He pretty much one-shots him. Yeah, basically. Um, so what are we going to do? Well, the Admiral, he had a plan, sort of. Um, his initial plan fails, so he ends up just going inside Godzilla's mouth when he's in the water. Then drilling his way out of one of Godzilla's wounds in his shoulder. So that when Godzilla tries to use his atomic breath... It ends up blasting out of the new wound in his shoulder and he kind of tears himself up from the inside out, ultimately killing himself. Um, which I think what was kind of... Yeah. Um, I think it's kind of fortuitous on the Admiral's part for that to happen. I don't think he expected that. but uh, uh, I think he was hoping for the best. Yeah, okay. And that's pretty much the best possible outcome from his point of view. Yeah. So yeah. I'd give him a pat on the back for that. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, and... There we have it. Now, this is probably one of the more divisive films out there because we've got Godzilla as the bad guy and Ghidorah, of all guys, being the good guy. Yes, um, it's very interesting. Yeah, it's yeah. really strange. Uh, mm. Before we get into that, I'm just curious, does it hold up to your memory of our time watching it back in our salad days, renting Godzilla VHS tapes from the uni library? Our salad days? Yeah. What are you talking about, salad days? You've never heard that term? No, it's like it's like your you know your heyday. Oh right, no, I've never <laughs> heard that before. <laughs> I was thinking we didn't used to eat salad when we watched this. Harry Potter was the snack Harry of choice. That was it. <laughs> um, yeah, because we used to rent uh, Godzilla movies back at uni. It was like a sort of monthly ritual. Yeah. Uh, this one was kind of like the one we, we both liked the most back then. Easily. And and yeah, I haven't really watched it since. Not in full anyway. But, um, yeah, I think there were things about it I didn't like as much. And because it's been so long since I've watched it... On the second it, I viewing. Could, I couldn't really remember if I didn't like them the first time, to be fair. Because mm. all I remembered was the parts that I did like. Like, I really liked all the action. All the kaiju battles in this are very, very strong. It's got some nice effects. Um, but there are also some parts that are tonally um, unspecific, I would say. And without having anybody to kind of clarify i was like i didn't really know where the movie was coming from for the, from the first half because there are some things that happen that are kind of almost comical but then i think they're supposed to be kind of genuinely horrific and it's like now i think this could be something to do with the dub actually because again maybe, if, but but for this one i did watch i did watch both okay and the japanese one definitely had a more serious tone so because i remember thinking some some of these moments are kind of laugh out loud funny uh, right, give me one. But, give me a moment, and I'll see if I if it was what I'm thinking of. So I'm, it probably is <laughs> when you first uh, see Godzilla walking through one of the towns, 
uh, there's a woman in a hospital bed and she's kind yep. of stuck there <laughs> and it's like he and she's like getting really panicky because he's getting closer and then he just walks by and she's like thank god for that breathe a sigh of relief and then silence for like a second and then the next beat is godzilla's tail swinging into the building destroying her and that was like i i laughed really hard at that yeah it was was so so funny funny. but you know you're not supposed to be laughing right because but seeing it in the japanese one i i didn't find it funny it was just it was still sort of funny but it it just had a bit more gravity (laughs) i think because the whole tone with the dub was much lighter um but then i did stop laughing when there's that kind of mushroom cloud after godzilla uses atomic breath and there was like a room full of uh that classroom of kids and i was like oh that's pretty heavy thing isn't it because it but it shows you this woman in the bed. She's got her leg in a sling, so she can't get away. And yeah, like the, she, the Godzilla goes away, and then he kills her anyway afterwards. And it's so like it's like a joke, and it it really it highlights the parallel I think between um, comedy movies and horror movies because they both kind of work the same way. It's like all all storytelling is a form of setup and payoff, but with horror movies and comedy, there's always an element of misdirection to give you that surprise. Mm. And it's like. They got it just right for a gag, but not for like a horror moment. No, and this thing's when it when it cut to the kids in the schoolroom. Now, did you think that Godzilla was gonna actually shoot the school kids? Because it felt like it was a continuation of the of the joke. Because like, he was like breathing in, and then it like immediately cut to that room of kids. It's like, oh my god, they're gonna blow up. It, the comic timing was unintentionally perfect. Yeah, it was but really like good. you, I, I kind of reasserted my. <laughs> my viewing when i when i when they mushroom cloud was there i was like oh actually this is probably just some kind of mistake and it's not supposed to be funny and like i was saying i think because of the dub and i wonder if when it was being translated maybe the first draft was kind of like a you know straight up translation and as they were doing it i thought oh, it doesn't really work because dry. yeah because i mean in the west at least when we think of dubs we think of it in like you know in a comical sort of way so if you think of like any like parodies where they do like kung fu movies and things like that they have someone you know mouthing some you know pretend words and have a different voice a different dialogue mm. over the top so it's like inherently quite a funny thing here so if they try and do something serious in a dub they're probably like oh, this isn't work people are just going to find it funny so let's just lighten the tone completely maybe but i kind of feel like there is there is a scene before all of this hospital bed classroom stuff where a guy is just like he's using the urinal in the in the toilet and then he just gets stamped on and i'm like i didn't i didn't find that funny ironically like that didn't make me laugh but i took that as a joke yeah. because it's kind of like the Jurassic Park thing where the T-Rex eats the lawyer off the toilet yeah and it's just like okay um it's just it's there as a joke and then if you say like you know it if the, if the dubbing changes how we perceive the movie that doesn't necessarily change the way it's edited and cut and stuff necessarily so maybe they did cut things around it's not just necessarily like redubbing the dialogue maybe they've actually moved scenes because it did feel like there was some of that going on but i didn't watch both versions so i, I can't really say it was the same but the yeah if, well, the pacing's the same then i would might lay the unintentional humor at that the kind of at the editing then uh i'm still going to put it with the dub because sit, like those funny like kind of those moments like where he's um, at the urinal and you know the guy with the the long wig like those oh, kind yes. of like little like funny moments were still there and still intentionally funny right but so you're able to compare and contrast like ones that are they're funny in both versions and one is funny in one version and not in the other so you can kind of discern that yeah exactly so yeah. the dub yeah it was all very as you said it's okay, like unintentionally funny the um, kind of um, almost suicide but not was sort of like that didn't really work in in the western version i didn't think either because it wasn't this, this yeah. guy is like in the forest and he's tying his his office tie around a, a tree branch he's going to hang himself and that's how he ends up he just sort of falls through the earth. The earth sort of cracks and he ends up falling into a little cavern and, they, and you, you discover Ghidorah's down there. But the suicide attempt, I was like, what is, why is this here? I just, it was yeah, weird. Yeah, this thing, it kind of like flirts with these serious topics. Like mm. like the salary man wanting to commit suicide in the in the forest, which is, you know, pretty, a common thing, which is like so dark. Yeah. Um, and they, they have those kind of like, those you know, poignant shots where they're looking at the, poster of nuclear war and stuff like that and even um 
Yuri to some extent because it seemed like they were setting up her having kind of an alcohol problem, likely because yes. of like the misogyny she faces at work and in the industry and her upbringing and stuff like that. And it's like, oh, there's kind of scratching at the surface of something like quite dark here. But mm. then with those kind of tonal shifts, like I will say in the Japanese one, they still didn't focus on it as much as they probably could have. You know, it's they were kind of intimating at something a bit deeper, but didn't actually go through with it. Um, that's kind of my overall view of the movie as well, because although you've given a very detailed plot synopsis, I would say that this movie, unlike most Godzilla movies, suffers from uh, a character deficit rather than like having too much human stuff. The humans could stand to be a bit more developed. That, that's the thing. Yeah, definitely. And uh, usually we say the opposite, but this time I'm just like, well, the pacing's fine. It's just that... You know, all the time we spend with the monsters is perfect and then we have all this screen time for the humans and it's absolutely fine the pacing's perfect but the time we have with the humans is actually not used that well so if you had the exact same runtime, just have slightly different scenes you know you change the tone a little bit give the human characters a bit more kind of depth then it would probably be, be close to perfect because of the movie yeah i think i mean then it would end up being well i think the time that we did have with the humans with the humans was fine uh, I think more time would have been nice, but then it would be it would be running into a longer film at that point. Yeah, it'd and be interest might start to drop off at that point. So there's kind of sacrifices have to be made, and I think that's where they were like, okay, we've got the idea with humans. We're you know we've laid laid the foundation. You guys can think about that yourselves while we go back to the monsters. I suppose what I mean is that I was never irritated when they cut away from the monsters back to the humans, when normally that can be quite. Well, yeah because they did it, it abs- they did it correctly i mean yeah i mean it helps I just, liking the characters for a start i just but... wish the time that we had with them was used differently not that there was more time just that they did other things in mm. those scenes mm. it was nice to have like to have a godzilla movie where they weren't afraid to actually have godzilla just be an all-out bastard just an evil character because like, yeah. it doesn't doesn't have it doesn't always have to be he's the good guy um and whatever because you could end up just getting the same movie again and again that I, I feel like them just kind of flipping it around like it's it still worked it was still a strong film um but this is where you know it's so divisive that people are just like well no he's a good guy you know he's mm-hmm. he's there for xyz reasons and it's like well, i think people could easily let themselves dislike this film because of that but if you kind of just, just pull back a bit you know it's still a solid monster movie like the pacing was good, you know. Is that why people tend to kind of not like it because it's he's, he's more of the villain and they switch it around? As is my understanding, yeah. It's mm, interesting because if you think about it in terms of like James Bond or Batman that we have, when they do like an era of Bond or an era of Batman, you're pretty much settled into okay, this is what the character is going to be like for the next few years, and you get comfortable with it. Mm. But with Godzilla, it'd be like oh, one movie he's like he's the ideal father and then the next movie he's like this mass murderer and Mm. they never kind of stick with it for too long so maybe it's the flip-flopping that kind of if people were more kind of settled into Godzilla's role rather than going back and forth it might not feel quite so jarring but I think going off the back of the last movie where you know in Godzilla 2000 I feel Godzilla himself had quite a good character he felt very kind of you know present in the film story and everything he did sort of made sense to me and then in this, in the last movie we watched, it really just felt like there wasn't really anything going on with either of the kaijus, particularly. Which was Godzilla versus Megaguirus. Yeah, that yeah. one. Um, and then in this movie, they really went full in, like we say, on the bastard Godzilla, which I suppose you could call him, he's either buddy Godzilla or bastard Godzilla, take your yeah. pick. But um, he's so animalistic that it's easy just to get your head around his behaviour. And I, mm. I just like that. It was just easy to follow. And they do kind of explain it away as well. I mean... Because with all the Millennium Era movies, this being mm. one of them, they're all a sequel to the 54 one. So in 54, you know, he is what he is. But then his return was, you know, he's because he's out for revenge because of the souls that are in him. Because it wasn't just the Japanese that died um, during this conflict in World War Two. It was, you know, Americans and other Asians as well. So mm-hmm. like they're all, you know, they're ready to attack Japan again because of that. And I think... Um, Kaneko, the director, because he is apparently a, a known pacifist. So this, I think, this is his kind of take, and he's you know saying that uh, not everyone was innocent during that time. You know, his own nation was guilty of certain atrocities mm-hmm. as well. 
and that's that whole kind of thing and i think that's the message he was trying to convey you know with godzilla you know not i i would say like you could even say godzilla probably isn't that much of a bad guy it's just the spirits that are in him wanting to seek revenge yeah it's not as clear-cut i mean like we say he's unpleasant in this movie but like he's just a creature he's like the embodiment of these spirits i mean he's not thinking like i'm gonna go and destroy this city because i think it's so much fun so that's that yeah. said with the tagline he is the god of destruction so <laughs> yeah who knows so- I wouldn't have thought the director was a pacifist based on these fight scenes, though, because they're so <laughs> brutal. They are, oh, yeah, absolutely. There's some of the more horrific ones, I think. Like, I mean, that first one with Baragon, like, as she's, um, sorry, she, as he's crawling away, trying to get up that mountain, <laughs> and he's just, like, blasting him with the, the atomic breath, and then does it again, and it, it just, like, disintegrates. It was, it was really something. It's great. I feel like... It was good. <laughs> as, a, as a modern... Uh, viewer, you know, obviously we watched this back in, God, when was it like 2009 when we, we first watched this and yeah. it's been another decade since then um, but looking back on it, the pace of that particular fight, the Baragon versus Godzilla fight is a little bit slow um, yeah. and they could do with just cutting it a bit quicker I would think but I really liked all of the actual like moves, like the throws and like the way they destroyed the whole like bus like depot was great mm. Um I like the way the ground got all like gnarled up so you could see like all oh, these kaijus like when they fight it changes the terrain that's how large they are mm. they don't just fight on the earth it like really impacts the environment mm. and you also because we kind of knew that Baragon was like this holy spirit sort of thing um, we totally got the emotional drive behind the scene like Baragon actually wants to stop Godzilla for good so that humans are, pr- are protected or the world is protected and it wasn't just a fight for the sake of a fight. It actually was, like, the story. Yeah, So the balance true. is just right. Action's great. Story's right where you need to be. Not too complicated. Not too simple. Just right on the line. Um, yeah, and I would have sped it up a little bit, but that's just my personal preference because I think it was it was solid anyway. Mm. Uh, I, I mean, for myself, I think pacing was okay. You know, they had to meet up at some point and they had to travel from different different areas i don't know it's it, it seemed okay to me and i suppose that maybe what slowed it down was having to cut back between yuri and like the bit with the chopper where they were commentating it like a wrestling match that's another one of those moments where it's a bit like is this meant to be funny yes, <laughs> you know it's sort of like, like the wwe type commentary commentary yeah but, but yeah right when the helicopter gets destroyed they say oh the two men in the helicopter just died but there's probably at least three or four people in the helicopter it's just they only mention the ones you actually see <laughs> The only ones we cared about. It was really funny. Yeah. Um, it's not long after the first fight that we get introduced to the biggest pair of bollocks that ever graced like, planet Earth. And this is another <laughs> another thing. I was like, was this intentionally funny? Because it's like, <laughs> they were hysterical. Absolutely yes. hysterical. Um, they were just, yeah, big white pair of balls. Yeah, Mothra's cocoon. In the, in the yeah, lake. You'd almost think there was two things in there because there's these two big white balls where Mothra's like gestating... This uh, isn't this isn't the first time they've had like the Mothra balls. Like no. this is like her usual cocoon, which I just find utterly surreal because I actually looked up um, moth cocoons. I was hoping it, you would have because I'm thinking now: is it based on something? Nope, doesn't look anything <laughs> like that. <laughs> it just looks like balls. Yeah, it's yeah, it's hilarious. But the CG um, of when Mothra comes out of the cocoon, it still holds up pretty well. I mean, you can see it's Is dated. it CG or is it... Um, the, when she crawls out of it, oh, that's yeah. definitely CG. And then they mm. cut to a model which has, like, articulated wings. If yeah. anything, the only problem with the CG Mothra and the um, the physical prop Mothra is that the prop moves very, very slowly and the it's CG moves a bit too quick. So mm. really, they should have made the CG animation a bit more... Um, it should have imitated the model rather than imitating an actual creature. Yeah. Um, and then it would have like it would have met the limitations in the middle. But that mm. being said, there's about three or four CG shots of Mothra in this movie, and especially the one where she emerges from the cocoon. It still looks pretty good. I was impressed. I think most of the CG, I mean, I wouldn't say it holds up as such, but it was because it was used sparingly. There's only, yeah. yeah, there's the points with Mothra. There's when Godzilla falls in the water and when Ghidorah turns into King Ghidorah. And it's like probably the most obvious CG moment, I the, think. The King Ghidorah the one is a little bit obvious, but it's still enjoyable. Yeah, it, it yeah serves it's still the good. Movie, it's still a so spectacle. You... Exactly. So, 
Um, but I, I did appreciate they used it so sparingly. And they didn't shy away from their roots of, you know, rubber suits and miniatures. Because that's another div- division point, isn't it, of whether people want CG Godzilla or do they want the costume Godzilla? So. Do, you think, do you think that's a, a point of divide? When I was, I was talking to a friend of mine and I showed her a bit of this movie just to see her reaction because she asked me about it. So I showed it to her. And she thought it was kind of hilarious seeing people in rubber suits. And I don't know. I don't know if I'm just sort of blind to it. Um, I, I'm just like, it, to me, it doesn't look bad. Maybe just because I'm used to it. The thing is, for me, and maybe is it's that... modern modern Western audiences. They yeah probably want something that actually looks like it's it's real rather than someone in a rubber suit. But I, it never puts me off. To, to me, it's all contextual because if you just go on like youtube and watch these fight scenes in isolation they're probably way more humorous than they are you know um action-packed kind of event scenes but when you watch the movie and you've got the story behind it there's um you know an emotional weight to some of the stories if if, if the story is good and the fight scene gets an emotional weight behind it then you kind of in the fight you're watching it unfold you're not really thinking about the effects as such and then you get that movie making thing where you're not looking at it as a technical piece of you know um, production you're looking at it as something that's actually happening so even though it is laughable when the movie operates and does what it's supposed to do you don't think about it and even if you are in that mode where you're like oh i'm looking at guys in suits here there's still a lot of artistry there with like the way the suits are made and the miniatures i, of, like, I think that's kind of the way i see it actually yeah it's all a big kind of you can look at it either way you can laugh of it laugh at it or you can look at it from like oh wow look at the production values here they've made these props and these suits and they look great or you can just watch it as a part of the story and be like in awe of what's actually happening and mm. i think you get a bit of all three in this one but i don't think that for all of the movie's tonal problems with making accidental jokes i wasn't really laughing at the kaijis that much in this really there's I, a couple i don't think i did at all really. no there might be one or two or one or two shots which are, are intentionally humorous but not really. The movie takes quite a mm. serious tone with the fights, mm. um, which I, I liked. You know, it's odd actually because when I think about it now, there's only really two fights in this movie, but it feels like a whole lot more. You get the Baragon versus Godzilla one uh, in the daytime, and then that nighttime fight where Mothra um, attacks Godzilla, and then it leads into the King Ghidorah fight. That's all one big thing. I think um, it. The gaps are kind of filled with just moments of destruction. Mm. So when you seeing when you're seeing the uh, guardians being awakened, actually, I kind of liked how they did this. Each time they were awakened, they kind of did kill people, <laughs> but the people they killed were, you know, undesirables anyway. Like those <laughs> te- teenagers who wanted to kill that dog by throwing it overboard, and, and like the stealing from that shop. And then there was that biker gang as well. And I think that was that whole kind of, you know. Don't get in the Guardian's way, otherwise you're going to perish. So if they have, like, if if they had appeared on screen and started, you know, and uh, innocent people had died, you know. You wouldn't like When I say, much. yeah, like nice people, yeah, yeah you wouldn't, you'd never sympathise with them. But any time they did appear, the only people you'd see dying at, at their hand, essentially, were ruffians. So I thought it was, it was obvious, you know, it was intentional. And then when Godzilla appeared, the only people you see him killing are people strapped into hospital beds that can't get away <laughs> so it's, it's pretty on the nose there with that um, i didn't like the dog thing so much not because i would oppose um i you know i could buy one nasty guy killing a dog or even two or three nasty people killing a dog but the way they're like oh these like 12 or 13 teenagers are just gonna like drown this dog i was like you're going to quite a length to show me that these characters are nasty so that when you kill them off, you can basically make a hero figure out of the kaiju. And I'm like, you don't need to. It's very, it's quite laboured that one. Out of all of the, out of the whole movie, that was the one scene where I could pick out and say, this is probably the only bit where I would say this is, this is a bad scene because not the the, the dog killing is is the bad part about it, although it isn't pleasant. But they go on, they they work it too hard, where it becomes kind of like. Almost comical. It's, not, like, it's well, sort of ridiculous. It goes past believability. Where it's like, well, really? That's what I was saying. Uh, like, it's, it's so on the nose. Yeah, it's yeah. It's just like, okay, I get it. Mm. Yeah. They could have had just one guy being nasty. It would have been enough. But having like a whole group, it's like... To be fair, I think it was just one girl that suggested it. And you could maybe pass it off that they were just like, oh, yeah, whatever. But, <laughs> sure. I don't know. But anyway, they died. So It would have worked for me if they'd had one of the girls being like trying to stop them, maybe. 
and then it yeah, would be like, oh, okay, yeah. amongst these people, not all human beings. No, but are then you then you would start to sympathise with that one person, and but she could you, like get you've away. lost it. She could get away. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, you really could have done. Because I actually wanted to see them all cocooned. We never Ooh. actually saw them cocooned. That you would have been nice. You could see Moffat like nibbling at their legs and stuff <laughs> in the cocoon. Um, um, one of my favourite lines in this movie that probably wasn't supposed to be funny, but maybe it was, was when Baragon is like charging towards the bus depot, and there are some tourists there, and the man says to the woman, "Quick, take a photo, and then we'll run." Yep, that's. <laughs> One of my favourite moments as well, actually. It's like something out of The Simpsons. Like in the, it was like it, the perfect Simpsons gag. Yeah, it was. It was pretty funny. Um, she says she said actually in the Japanese one that she thought Baragon was cute, which is yes. why she wanted a picture with it as well. So I thought it was quite funny. Um, so yeah, the story for this movie. It's. I don't know if it's it's a bit much. There's there's a lot going on, and there's some of it I haven't really pieced together in my own head. Mm. So you know you've got you've got those the guardians. I yeah, there's this ancient rivalry and whatever, and you've got this ghost man Isayama, who is there to reawaken the um the the, the guardians, guardians in time yeah. to fight Godzilla, um, and I don't know how Yuri and her mate managed to figure out that spirits are like a form of electricity and can be stored in stone and that Isayama was get, getting the spirits from the stones and then putting it into the guardians to wake them up in the same way Godzilla was awakened but I mean they came up with that theory ran with it and it turns out they were right but it was all a bit kind of like okay we need a reason for why this is happening let's come up with a reason and it was a bit sort of I, I had to watch that scene kind of like twice I watched it and I was like I don't get this mm. rewound watch it again I was like Right. Okay. I'll I'll go with it anyway. I maybe I'm thinking about it too hard. They just just needed a reason. I find this happens in movies which have a simple yet laboured plot. Though is that they treat this very plain narrative with such um, you know so earnestly that you as an audience member start to feel like you're missing something because it's so like Definitely. heavy-handed. You're like yeah. But no, really, it is very simple. And sometimes a simple idea can go right over your head because you're thinking, like, yeah, too hard about it. Mm. If it had been me, I would have been like, we don't need the ghost man at all. No. Not needed. That's what drags the movie down a bit. You could have spent more time with Yuri, have her or somebody she's working with, like, accidentally or even on purpose, like, awaken the Guardians as part of their kind of mystery like tv show which is what they do at digital q it's all like mystery stuff yeah. isn't it so yeah. they're like they're there to they're in place for the story to have them unleash the guardians but they work on this like ghost man but it just is just like in service of of nothing really because once the monsters come out it's kind of like they're gonna fight it's not so important really mm. so yeah i would have just got rid of that character and it would have created a lot more space for the other characters to do stuff and and kind of expand yeah i feel like that did complicate it a lot more Especially when you're cutting back to him. He goes into the little cave where Ghidorah yeah. is and looks at Ghidorah, Ghidorah's face. And then it cuts away for like a few minutes. And then it goes back to him again. He's still looking at the face. Cuts to cuts away again. And it's like, well, he's been in this cave just sort of looking at King Ghidorah for like some time in the movie. Time is passing and he's just like there. I not felt really like doing anything. he was kind of pointless as well. Because mm. like, as you said, you, know, you could have had that, that role kind of being filled in by someone else because there were moments where Yuri was having these sort of spiritual moments where she was like seeing flashbacks or things that were happening at the same time and it's like oh maybe she she was there to fill that role she was there to awaken them or had at least had the power to um yes and like that kind of seemed like her the point of her like to to actually do this but she was sort of more investigating it and yeah seeing it unfold but not really having any uh like direct impact on that on that story point yeah the only time where she actually does get to kind of change things spiritually is when they have that scene where she kind of appears to her father whilst he's trying to kill Godzilla at the end yeah yeah and it's just like well if they built up to that more throughout the movie it would have felt a bit more earned and given her a bit more to like do yeah yeah so. by getting rid of Isayama because she's not a great um reporter to be fair either she gets most of her information from watching other news shows <laughs> so. and her and her dad who was like no i'm not giving you the info exactly so it's not like they really developed that part of her character so much so they it's a shame because i really liked her character and like 
I, I think I said this for Godzilla 2000. Like, I would like to see those characters in another movie. Like, these characters, well, at least Yuri, I would like to see in another movie. They could have had those characters from 2000, like, do, do the same thing. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it wouldn't yeah. make sense because the continuity is obviously leading off from the very first Godzilla movie. But, you mm. know, they're kind of similar characters. These di- digital cue people are, like, chasing mysteries. And in the first, um, in Godzilla 2000, they had, like, the storm chaser Godzilla, like, trackers. So, yeah, mm. they were kind of, like, the same in a way. And, you know, it would have been interesting to see them kind of cross-pollinate a bit. I mean, wasn't yeah. she a reporter, the woman in 2000? Yeah, she Can't... was. Right, so, yeah, it's just like... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> could have had them back could have done it again but I get what they're trying to do like Millennium is all about different offshoots isn't it and it's quite interesting when you think about like oh you know what if we took this one narrative point and went in different directions from it like um, Mega Gears was very kind of futuristic wasn't it yeah but at least but, it tried to be well and this one was uh, not more... futuristic I think that's more actually the opposite because it's like an ancient bug but I mean when you know, they had like they had like the technology in the modern day part Oh, right, okay, yeah. You know, they Sorry, like the, yes. They had, like, the trains. With the, the G-graspers robots. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Little, little Katsu Curry robots that nobody liked. <laughs> oh, my God, let's stop talking about this film. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this about um, um, All That Attack, though, is that regardless of anything, um, you know, it, it looks really nice. I thought the actual cinematography, like, just the way it was shot, looked very kind of realistic, and it was filmed in a very mm. nice way. There were some nice handheld bits, and just the overall film quality of the filmmaking was kind of better than the previous yeah, it was movie. Solid. It was very. Yeah, it just looked solid. really kind of polished, like and they sort of it had a nice look to it, where you could almost kind of believe it was happening. It was nice. Yeah, like because this is where this film's so strong. It's it's just it's a good film, and <laughs> you know it's and it's, you know, it's a good one. No, yeah. well, that's it. I mean, because if you're looking for things to enjoy, like I was doing with. Uh, versus Megaguirus, mm. then you've not really got a very good film. Whereas this, I wasn't looking for stuff to enjoy. I was just enjoying it the whole way through. Yeah, there's no yeah. need to get distracted. It's just like, it's just, it's a good movie, so. Yeah. Um, with the Godzilla's origins in this, they I think this kind of planted the seeds for um, like the legendary movies, the, the okay. MonsterVerse ones. Because you have this, like him being like an ancient godlike creature. Except it was the other way around in King of the Monsters, obviously, because Godzilla's a good guy, Ghidorah's the bad guy. And I feel like this this is the film that really... that I, I feel like King of the Monsters was kind of basing itself on. Well, so, it's, if the, certainly with the kaiju cast, there's a definite well, idea there. Yeah. yeah. So I wouldn't uh, be surprised if other things had leaked across as well. Mm. It's... Um, I'm, I'm kind of glad it was these uh, kaijus, actually, because the director he originally wanted to have um Angiris, Varan and Baragon but Toho weren't willing to hedge their bets on mm. like on lesser known monsters so they were like they swapped out the roster and it's like put Mothra and Ghidorah in we'll let you have Baragon and he's like yeah cool oh and, I see yeah yeah that uh, works better the way it is yeah. yeah yeah it's kind of an all-star cast in a way yeah it pays off uh, for that because if it was Angiris, Varan and Baragon they would have been smaller um, very similar smaller monsters. creatures as well. Yeah, they're very similar. I think that was the idea because they were going to be... Um, they were supposed to be weaker than Godzilla because he wanted Godzilla to be like basically indestructible in this film. Yeah, but I mean, you could have weaker ones that don't necessarily like look the same. Like, you'd have kind of three little characters that kind of... They're all little quadruped-like creatures. At least with Mothra and King Ghidorah, you get a bit of visual variety. Yeah, that's true. Uh, which is probably why the characters are so well-known mm. for that reason. Um, so he, yeah, he he kind of made the characters smaller so they they look like they could be beaten by Godzilla because Ghidorah's huge. It's definitely noticeable when they shrink Ghidorah down. Yeah, his heads look yeah. tiny. It's like he's like really stubby necked. <laughs> I think when it first, when he first came on, I was like, I'm sure he 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 wasn't as small as this the last time I watched it, and then I hadn't I didn't remember that Mothra was gonna kind of give him her power when she got blown to pieces, mm. and then you see the full size Ghidorah but then when they go back for the the kind of practical close-ups they kind of use basically the same suit I think it's the exact same they film yeah, it a little I, bit differently to make them look a little bit, bit bigger I, but it's kind so. of not um but yeah I mean did, did the last fight scene live up to your memories of it it did actually it went on longer than I thought it did as well yeah because <laughs> there was a point when I thought because uh, I forgot about uh Ghidorah turning into King Ghidorah 
So when Ghidorah died, I was like, oh, I thought there was going to be that massive explosion there because I know it would be the same for you. Like our takeaway from that movie was the biggest explosion we've ever seen and it's kind of stuck with us ever since. So <laughs> I, th- I thought it was going to be at that moment and it didn't happen. I was like, oh, wait, I thought, what's happening now? <laughs> I completely forgot about the King Ghidorah part. Um, but it, yeah, it, it lived up to my memory. I enjoyed it as much as I did the first time around. I think I'm probably more critical as i've gotten older to you know i can point out things like oh yeah story maybe is a bit complicated blah 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 blah. but as a whole it was still yeah it still lived up to my memory of it and i because i was kind of worried that it wouldn't because i remember i remember us liking it so much it's like oh if it doesn't i'm gonna feel quite sad about this yes but i guess maybe for you it didn't but no not at all i wouldn't say um the thing is is that when we watched at university um our Godzilla nights were basically just us huddled around what I recall as being a fairly small CRT television. Yeah. And now I've got this relatively large 4K screen in my lounge and the explosion definitely lived up to the memories. <laughs> so, yeah, I was pretty happy with that. I, I think that my expectations of Godzilla have changed, like you are saying. I think that even though I've had... I, I'm always complaining about things... Um, not not being shown as as clearly as they could be in these new American CG movies because I like the fight scenes in the new legendary picture films but I just don't think they spend enough time with them I guess they're really expensive so they kind of tease you a bit but I just want they like clear... the tease that's the I, thing yeah I just want clear action um saying that when I go back to these old movies I miss the paciness I need the fight scenes to be a bit more not choppy in their cuts but it's just odd when you see the creatures moving quite slowly. And I do think that even though this movie is one of the top tier Godzilla movies overall, there are other costume kaiju movies where they, they succeed in having them move a bit more quickly. And well, it feels that's bit... what they tried to do with uh, Megaguirus, to have it mm, a bit quicker. And then that didn't really work, so you can't really no. please me, can you? <laughs> um, but yeah, when it comes to the final um, King Ghidorah death strike, when he does this this big blowout across the water and the whole screen just fills, fills with flame... And Godzilla himself is like, how tall do you think he is in terms of stories? Maybe 50 stories tall? I would say something like that, yeah. And this explosion is easily like four times higher in the air and and about six times wider. (laughs) The thing is, on the screen, we only see half the explosion because our screen doesn't go up all that way. It's just insane. (laughs) It's great. So, it's so yeah, good. The, the fight scenes are, are a resounding success, despite any, you know, we're here to nitpick the movie to a certain extent. So, yeah. you know, many criticisms can be really disregarded. And I, I could say that if you're a long time Godzilla fan and you're looking to introduce somebody to the Godzilla franchise, this is a good costume one to start with. Um, like you said, people, modern day audiences maybe find it a little bit laughable and would rather see the kind of CG action movies where things are more realistic but the story's good here, the characters are good, the fight scenes are pretty much perfect, really. So this is a good first, because maybe if you want to like test the waters with some new viewers, I would say. It's worth pointing out, the person that I showed it to wasn't, like, she's not even a fan of anything like Jurassic Park or anything like that. She finds, she's just, it's not her thing at all. So maybe not the best, uh, you know, yardstick there. Yeah, okay. I'm not going to comment on, on this. <laughs> <laughs> If you don't like Jurassic Park, I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> Different strokes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, so your would you say your favourite moment was was the final the final fight scene? If we're going to pick a favourite moment from this movie, it actually isn't because because like you mentioned at the beginning, we've been there to uh, Hakone. Since we watched this movie, we've been over to Japan, had our holiday, and we went to Hakone and Mount Fuji, and, and we wanted to see the mountains, and we enjoyed it to an extent, but ultimately we felt like we'd spent a lot of money to kind of just sit, sit on a bus the whole day. And it was kind of like, yep. well, we're just, on, we're just on the coach all day long, this isn't fun. And, you know, part of our holiday in Japan was sort of wasted. So when you get this fight scene between Baragon and Godzilla, and lo and behold, it pretty much takes place in, in the bus depot where we were, <laughs> and the whole thing gets, you know obliterated <laughs> i was like thumbs up so yep. i really i really liked seeing baragon getting you know body slammed into a bunch of um you know tourist coaches it was great <laughs> <laughs> it's very cathartic uh 
Yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't thought of it that way. I did like the explosion, but it was like I'd, I've been resting on the explosion as as you have as well for years. Yeah. I, I, it's like a benchmark in my, in my brain. I've remembered it. I've thought about it, but I didn't remember a lot of other moments. Mm. So they kind of stuck out more and they became, you know, by comparison, they were more enjoyable because they were, they were sort of fresher. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I really liked the... Uh, there's that scene where there's those people playing ping pong in that cabin. Oh, yeah. Um uh, it's, it's sort of it seems like a bit of a nothing scene but that's in a that's in a village nearby uh, the village that got attacked in the 1954 movie and mm. the photos on the wall are actually screenshots like the stills from the first movie after the oh, destruction wow. of Godzilla I um, remember thinking that set uh, was very impressive it's a small set but the way they built it the earthquake it was very impressive yeah it was cool yeah. um and the the cast in that particular scene where they're all playing ping pong they are the people who portrayed um, Ghidorah, Baragon, and Godzilla in this movie, <laughs> that's cool. which, I, which I thought was so neat. And so I would say that's probably my my favourite moment. Just for, just for all those little references in there, which was quite nice. Mm. There was a part where when Godzilla was first emerging from the water, um, it was like a harbour sort of setting, and and the guy looked at the wall and they showed the Lucky Dragon Five like boat on um, a poster on the wall, which is obviously like referencing yes. sort of the original Godzilla inspirations. Yeah. Um, I liked that little touches like that are quite cute. That was nice. Yeah, uh, there's. I was thinking of references actually. There was the, I don't know if they actually were, but the Shobajin twins, the Mothra twins. Oh, that was a bit cringe. That was a bit like I was like, is that what they are? I'm guessing that's what it's they such are. Such a half effort. It's like, it was... oh yeah, two two stoic looking girls in in like you know all white dresses, staring intently at Mothra flying overhead. It was a bit like. <laughs> Did they need to be there? Unless no. they were actually going to develop on it, or if they were go- if they were going to do another movie and then they were in it. That's pandering. Maybe. That's really pandering. It's like they, and they could we, have at least, like they could have had them like near the giant testicles in the water, like <laughs> not even explicitly, you one, know, one showing them. But isn't it? They, yeah, exactly. They could have had them there somewhere, throughout, just in the background for anyone who's eagle-eyed enough to spot them, rather than well, just, you know, oh, here's a shot. You know, just to have something there. But if you're only just going to go, just chuck them in like, oh, we need to have the twins. There you go. Mm. It's a bit like... Uh. It's like, um, well, we we, you know, we criticised the Shibujin twins in King of Monsters, but by comparison, it was a fully rounded like character oh, piece. Well, they, ha- they had an idea. Yeah, this was just like show two attractive women, and that's a reference. And I was just like, oh, this is—I don't know—it was just weird. It's like when um, I'm guessing you've not seen it, but in Rogue One, the Star Wars movie, they like they show it. like um, there's just a shot of C-3PO and R2D2 just for like one shot. They're just there <gasps> for no reason, just because it's Star Wars. It's just stuff like that, which is like they they had a, they had a contract to fill. It takes you out of the movie, doesn't it? You're watching the movie, you're enjoying what's happening, and it's just like, oh, look at this reference to our franchise. And it's mm. just like, I don't need it. So, no. yeah, that was a little bit cringe. They didn't need to see the, the women so no. much. But as I said earlier, I think like, this is a good movie to show you know anybody who's interested in Godzilla. If you know somebody who's like getting into the franchise, this is a good place to start. Even though it's the third um, millennium era movie, you could probably watch the very first 1954 and then watch mm. it straight after and be like okay i've got the classic i've got the sort of oh you can't really call it modern day anymore because it's like 20 years old but you know you've got kind of a, a modern representation of what godzilla is now mm. and then you could hop from this straight into like king of monsters the american one and be like oh, i've got all three pieces now of kind of what godzilla is it, it creates quite a nice little trilogy almost yeah as we say each time we think of this as you know can a newcomer come to this because we're like we don't Really rate them as such mm. uh, I, th- I think that's a, almost a rating in itself so i would say yeah this is this is definitely one where you could sit someone down in front of it and like you say put the 54 one on first if you want to i don't think you even need that really i mean i think most people know godzilla's origins anyway but yeah it definitely gets five atomic blasts out of five <laughs> that's one thing i want to add though like when they have this thing where the colonel like goes inside Godzilla's body and sets up this bomb, and then Godzilla breathes atomic breath, but it like sort of carves him into pieces. Mm. I'd like to see that reimagined in one of the legendary movies. That's yeah, a good same. death. That was a good it one. Would look really good actually in, in in full CG. So I'd invite I'd invite a reimagining of that sequence because I really enjoyed that. That would be lovely. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like I think my kind of overall thoughts to this, like 
like, I I prefer being sympathetic towards Godzilla, mm. and it's kind of weird having Ghidorah be the good guy, um, but I I still loved it. I think it was you know it wasn't necessary for it to be the other you know the other way around, um, and I like that with this Millennium Era because each one is its own continuity. I felt like it's quite experimental, and they could really just be like, okay, what as you said, what if this happened? What if that happened? Mm. So, and I think that was kind of this movie's strength. And I, I hope, I don't know. It, I, I would like to see more of that to some extent. Maybe not with the legendary ones because they got the whole monsterverse thing. So that that just wouldn't work. Um, but if Toho are going to do more movies, I would say you know, play with it a bit, have fun because you might get something good. You know, you might get another Megaguirus, but whatever. We, we can ignore that. I'd be interested to see though, actually, because say oh, we can't. I don't want them to chop and change the sympathies of the characters, but then when they have no, but to experiment when they do King Kong versus Godzilla though, later this year, really will kind of be sympathetic towards both of those guys, and then they'll be going head to head. So it might create quite an interesting paradigm there. Or are they going to have another enemy appear, and then they team up and fight that enemy? Oh. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, well, okay. think about it. Think about it. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to see some heads ripped off. Yeah, same. It might still happen. Uh, so, yeah, overall, yeah, you've given it five atomic blasts. I'll give it five testicle eggs out of five. <laughs> and I think That's 10 out of 10, then, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. And uh, we've got a great movie on our hands. Uh, yeah, so where can they find you, Graham? Um, if you like listening to me. I've got a YouTube channel called Fossil Arcade where I do video game reviews and uh, they're pretty much just like this except about video games. So Fossil Arcade is where to find me. But if you want to you know, ask Ben about Godzilla stuff, where can they do that, Ben? Well, there's a Twitter account. Uh, it's Monster Island RP <gasps> is the username because everything else was taken. Uh, and it's Monster Island Radio on Instagram. Oh. And you can find us there. I would like if people were to ask us about something we haven't necessarily discussed. If, if there's some angle to, towards these movies we haven't, you know, to, you know, talked about, let us know. If we're yeah, missing something, because I feel like it. we kind of exist in our own little bubble. Exactly. We don't want to be in a vacuum. So if we're if we're missing the point, let us know, and we'll, yeah. we'll maybe tell us where we're going it. wrong. <laughs> we'll discuss it. So absolutely. Okay. So thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, make sure to tune in next time on Monster Island Radio. Until then, goodbye. Bye.